On this episode, we discuss Ticket to Paradise. Which, based on the blooper reel, was a lot of fun to make. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I'm Elliot Kalin, trying to match Stuart's energy, but it feels forced yeah. when I do it. What's the <laughs> Why problem? are you guys doing your voices like your 90s cartoon characters? Oh, cool. Because <laughs> they were radical and tubular. And oh, I know I said radical. That's radical plus cool. Hey, guys, here's the thing. Let's cut, let's cut the crap. We've got something important to talk about. And it's yeah, not okay. 90s cartoon characters, which I know uh-huh. are very important, and I want to talk about them. Thank you to our fans for coming out to last weekend's. I believe it's the weekend before this episode is released because we don't record exactly on the day of release. Last weekend's Flophouse live show at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. You were a great audience, I say, as if I didn't record this ahead of the show. But Elliot, you were thing. incredible. <laughs> Dan, Stu, you have never been fucking funnier and hotter. Thanks. And Stu, you changed the way I think about comedy in a good yeah. way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And Dan... <laughs> Keep it up. Wonderful stuff. <laughs> well, um, huh. That's it's objectively levels. a good compliment. No, so here's, it's true. <laughs> so I know a lot of a lot of our a lot of our listeners out there are like, I don't live in Brooklyn. I couldn't get there. I missed the show. Why are you talking about it? Rubbing my face in the fact that I missed this amazing show. Here's the thing, listeners. You don't have to miss the show. Because you're going to get your own chance to see it. That's right. The Flophouse, Battle with Battlefield Earth, our live Brooklyn Battlefield Earth show, is going to be online for you to watch starting April 22nd, 2023. On April 22nd, 2023, 7 p.m. Eastern, it will debut online as a streaming thing. And we will be there in the chat window to talk to you about it. Now, This is not the kind of thing that's going to happen for free. Unfortunately, we live in a capitalist society. If it was up to me, we would not. We would live in a place where we could have Mm -hmm, whatever we mm -hmm, want mm -hmm. from each Uh according to their ability to each according to their need. That's not the world we live in. Here's the brass tacks. You're going to have to buy tickets. Tickets are available. If you go to www.flophousepodcast.com slash stream, you can buy tickets to this exclusive streaming event. How exclusive is it? Well, you'll also have the chance to get VIP meet and greet tickets where you'll have an opportunity to talk to us by yourself with us, the flop houses guys. Well, I don't know if it's by yourself. I think there might be, well, anyway, some sort your, of chat, chat, chat room. You'll get an actual chat. You'll get an actual chat and chew with us. If you're eating at the time, we probably won't be, but you can, that's fine. You'll be in the comfort of your own house. Will exclusive merchandise be available during the show? Yes. And we've seen it. And it looks fantastic. It's some of my favorite merchandise that I think we've ever had. Uh, that's The Flophouse, Battle with Battlefield Earth. If you want tickets, go to www.flophousepodcast.com slash stream. It's one of those things where it's going to premiere April 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we will be there in the kind of chat to watch it with you and you know text talk to you while it's happening. But then it'll be streaming for a while after that. So if you can't make it that night, you can get tickets to watch it at your leisure from that moment on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we want to— Tell people to. Uh, we've been working with a company to make it look real nice. Like, you know, it's not just, I don't know, someone set up a camera and that's what it looked like at the Bell House. It'll be edited together. It'll look, uh, it's look good. Uh, yeah. It's going to look good for you guys. And uh, it's a way to see a show that maybe maybe you would want to if you lived in the, in the area, but 
but you just don't. So and it's going to include a- our presentations, and this will be one of the first times you can really see us doing our our PowerPoint presentations, which again are specific to this yeah, show. Yeah, on stage. But yeah. Usually, mm-hmm. you only Unique. get to see those if you go to the show in person. This time, you can watch them later afterwards yeah. on video. And hopefully, uh, and we don't know for sure, but hopefully by the time this episode drops, we actually should have trailers for that event on our social media. Hopefully. Yeah, that'll be neat. Yep, it'll be neat. So it'll that's Flophouse. It, it'll make me feel like a real big time person. I'll mm-hmm, be like, look, like there's a, a real, trailer that has me in it. Dan, like a, you've always felt like a big time person to me. Thanks. <laughs> Medium time. Elliot's Ellie, 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 looking you know. at me like, is Stuart doing some kind of elaborate bit? Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is Stuart trying to seduce Dan to get his get the riches that <laughs> his first Jules? husband left him? Flophousepodcast.com slash stream to buy your tickets. I'm super excited about you getting the chance to see it and about interacting with you should you choose that opportunity, Flophouse listener. But now let's get back to the show, which is called The Flophouse. What do we do? What on do this, we, yeah, flop, what do we do on this? Dan? What do we do on this podcast? Podcast, Dan. On the words, I'm so excited the words can't come out of my mouth fast enough. What do you do on the Flophouse podcast? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Flophouse. It's a, it's a, it's a show. It's a podcast where we watch a bad movie. All right, and then we talk about it, or you know, a movie that has gotten maybe not the greatest. It hasn't taken either the the either or the critical. Or the box office by fire, uh, based on the based on the Rotten Tomato meter. This one this was seems right to the, have a decent audience this score. Was straight Critics, down the middle, not so much. Critic wise, uh, I felt like Metacritic had it at a a solid fifty, <laughs> right in the middle of and their you know scale. Ooh, and it sweet made spot. it made a little bit of money. So yeah, I guess that's the end of the episode, guys. Congratulations, yeah, yeah, Ticket we've, to Paradise. We've you, talked you did not get flopped out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it wasn't like, I think the, the reaction, even the positive reaction was tinged with a little bit of meh, especially considering that it was like, oh, we've got these two big, like Hollywood stars, Mm -hmm. old timey movies, not old timey, but like what feel like our version of old time movie stars. Two stars who drip charisma and- Are very have a lot of chemistry together. Generally. And that's the thing. And this is the first time they've ever been in a movie together. Hold on, let me check my notes. Wait. Oh no, the eighth or ninth time they've made a movie together. <laughs> yeah. But there's a reason why they've made a lot of movies together. Yes, because they're they're generally they generally have uh, chemistry. Yes, Julia Roberts and George Clooney. You pronounce their names correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Hundred hundred dollars a day. Well, yeah. I realize that I don't think we actually mentioned the names of the stars, okay. which would yeah. be helpful. In- and and we have a, a fresh crop of stars also in supporting roles. We have yep. Caitlin Deaver. Yep, star of the future. Star I, of today. I love in every like I've loved since Justified. Mm-hmm. Very great. Loved since Justified. Uh, and also great in Booksmart. Mm-hmm. And Billy Lord. Mm-hmm. The, yep. The daughter of uh, Carrie Fisher. Uh, very the funny. The iconic Lieutenant Connix of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Ticket to Paradise. And I'm uh, deriving this uh, plane, I this guess. Party, it's a plane. Party plane. Party boat. I mean, in this movie, we see planes, boats, jeeps, and a motorcycle. So mm. choose your vehicle. You can yeah, drive. No it. trains checks, or checks automobiles. Sorry. No, you do see automobiles. That a Jeep oh. is an automobile, Dan. <laughs> okay. But no, well. there are no trains. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so the I think, movie- I think Bali has a dearth of trains. 
but you know. <laughs> sure, being an island. <laughs> so guys, uh, before I get into the plot, most of this movie takes place in Bali, which I'm assuming in part was chosen because everybody wanted to go on vacation. Now I'm gonna admit, I don't know that much about Bali, Mo- mainly I know about Indonesia from action movies and also that I know that Bali is like a vacation destination of choice for influencers and OnlyFans creators. Yes. So uh, uh, do you guys know anything about Bali? Well, I know here, less than that. I don't know so. much about Bali and I know even less after watching the movie because according to Wikipedia, principal photography took place in Queensland, Australia. So oh. the movie itself was not really made much in Bali. Uh, here's the thing about this movie. This is a movie that uh, it for the most part you know, it's a it's a George Clooney, Julia Roberts charm off. But they go to Bali, and the characters in Bali, and I think this is a small step in the right direction of progressivism and a big step in an inadvertent wrong direction. The characters yep. are not played, they're, the fact that they are Balinese is not played for laughs, you know. But at the same time, the characters who are not George Clooney and Julia Roberts, but also especially the characters who are not the white American characters, have very little personality and very little point of view of anything. And as we get into it, this movie is about two a, a, a man and woman who are not happy that their daughter is about to get married to someone she barely knows. His race doesn't enter into it, but the fact that none of the husband, none of the groom's family seems to have any opinion other than this is wonderful, we love everything, we're great. It really struck me as weird. The characters are d um, kind of. They have no agency, essentially, and I think that's a, a an ad, an element of them trying to be like. There's no racism to the movie, but it uh, but it inadvertently makes them almost not characters. Do you feel the same way? Uh, Am I de- jumping I, into too deep waters as the, they do in the movie when a dolphin attacks one of them? The dad that's true. gets a little bit of wacky business to do. the 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 groom is himself just kind of a manic pixie dream he's a, boy. He's a non-entity, yeah. Uh, but I, I will say that I I would agree with you more, Elliot, if I didn't feel like basically all of the characters are given the bare minimum of characterization. That's true. That's I had true. no idea really who Caitlin Deaver was either slightly more with uh, our leads, but not really. That's <laughs> like a good point, just- is that the Indonesian characters have very little personality, but also so does the third lead. In the I, movie, I yeah. feel like I feel like the character, and we'll get to him in a little bit. I feel like the character who has the most character is Paul Julia Roberts' uh, character's uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the movie oh, wait, opens. One, wait, before we get in, one thing I want to say: it's not about Bali. This movie is directed by Al Parker, uh, and I guess the name yeah. is short for Oliver. I think, but every time I read it, I think it says Old Parker, and they're like, <laughs> "Who should we? Who should we get to to direct Ticket to Paradise?" Oh well. I could take on your movie, Old Parker. What do you, uh-huh. you said you were retired. Yeah, you <laughs> gave up that life of crime. <laughs> you said, well, you know, I'm always ready to get pulled back into the cinema game. <laughs> For a romp with uh, Clooney and Roberts on vacation? Mm-hmm. I mean, Everything I feel like I'm, that's the ultimate heist is yeah. uh, is stealing America's hearts. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yep, this, exactly. This director did Mamma Mia, uh, Here We Go Again. That's uh, I know that that's the, one of the other big... Yes. yes. So this yeah, movie, that's another old Parker joint. Yep. <laughs> this movie is is similarly sort of like vibrantly colored, like vacation porn, and for a, for a rom com, like it doesn't. None of the cinematography or anything enhances the comedy, but it does enhance like 
there's so many like films out there that are just sort of shot with no style at all. It was mm-hmm. nice to like at least have something pretty to look at. It definitely yeah. helps the movie's mood that it is full of bright colors. Bright colors, yep. sunshine, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it feels like you're on vacation. Now, before we, again, before we get into the plot, I was just talking to one of my bartenders uh, who is a film critic in her own right, Margaret Barton Fuomo. And uh, she was saying that this movie reminded her of a trend in the 30s of um, comedies of remarriage. Do you feel that is, uh, Elliot, I feel like you're the authority on this type of bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, comedies of of remarriage were, there were, Quite a bit. You'd have movies like um, The Awful, Awful Truth. Truth or My Favorite Wife or, they, or yeah. you know, um, ugh, there's one with William Powell and Myrna Loy too that's particularly like that where it is a – either a married couple splits apart and then re- – or Mr. and Mrs. Smith splits apart and then realizes why they should be together or a mar- – or a um, – but it's also, or His Girl Friday is one of those also. I mean that's mm-hmm. 1940 I think, but but it's this, you know, it's the same time basically. And I think it does fit into that, but overall it fits into the larger romantic comedy trope of they hate each other, now they love each other. Like, that's the African queen <clears throat> t- up till today. And I mean, in the yeah. 30s, there are plenty of those too. And then I feel like that's a big, uh, It's in a romantic comedy, the big challenge is making it clear to the audience these characters need, are in love with each other and need to be together, and then coming up with reasons why they are not together. And I feel yeah. like this movie does not a great job of doing that because- these two people who are divorcees who don't like each other anymore, so they say, mm-hmm. they just kind of snipe at each other in funny ways, but they don't really seem to have any real problems with each other. Yes. As opposed to some of the comedies of remarriage of the 30s, like there would be, you know, you'd have, they, they, uh, they, they would kind of do a better job of at least showing the married people almost starting relationships outside of that that previous relationship. And here there's, except for Paul, Julie Roberts' boyfriend who... From the first moment, it seems clear Julia Roberts is not that into. Yes. Uh, other than that, there's no other element like that. You know, there's uh-huh. no reason for them not to get back together. Yeah. So w- the movie opens with uh, divorced parents, uh, David and Georgia, again played by George Clooney, and uh, which is weird that uh, Julia Roberts' character's name is Georgia, but not played by George Clooney. <laughs> um, <laughs> is. is that weird? It's weird. Okay. okay. Do you think, do you think, do you think there's some... ever a part where George Clooney was reading his lines and he saw that he was addressing someone as Georgia and he go, well, why am I talking to myself? Oh, I just <laughs> this is my name. Sense. The name ends yeah. differently than mine. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, let's get the writer on the horn. <laughs> so they're in their respective Old cities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. George, I got a question here. How come this character, how come this character, how come I'm, like, I'm talking to myself? I don't understand. Well, did you finish reading the name, George? No, I didn't. Well, take a look at that last last two letters. You'll see they're different from the last letter in your name. All right, I don't, I don't think you're going to be right, but oh, Georgia. Oh, my apologies, old. Oh, I didn't mean to call you up in the middle I'm of the night. So it's okay. Sorry, my I... age, I don't sleep that much anyway. Trick knees <laughs> acting up means it's going to rain tomorrow. Uh-oh. Well, we have enough covered sets that we can work on for that day of the shoot. Right? Oh, old Parker's been around the movie game more than once. I know how to handle rain or the threat of rain. Anywho, I'll just leave you be. Okay, and then George hangs up and he goes, wait a minute, I called him, but he made it sound like he called me. That's an amazing way to get off the phone. Yeah, he's great. That's why he's the best. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. they had to bring him out of retirement. Um, yeah. So they're in their respective cities and they're recounting their former relationship to coworkers, friends, et cetera. Uh, George Clooney is what, like a high-powered uh, 
Architect? Uh, architect? That seems I like know, a movie job. They're just job. both rich. That's yeah. what. And but he, she I mean, is the thing a, is, all you do is you see him at a building site. So I don't know if he's the architect, if he owns the building, what? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And Julia Roberts is uh, what, like a, she runs a gallery? She owns an art gallery. That, that's, how, that's how kind of textbook rom-com this is, that he's yeah. an architect and she owns an art gallery. Like, they're not even trying. Let's, he let's built think the of building, like, she makes it beautiful. Right? What are oh. some glamour adjacent jobs that people sort of vaguely understand but don't know so much about that they'll scoff at when yeah. we talk. So this co- this conversation, we're hearing both of their sides on their relationship and we get, uh, you know, two very different spins on the same story. But part of the backstory that has dropped is that uh, we find out that George Clooney's character proposed to Julia Roberts' character, David proposed to Georgia at her graduation, which is, to me, a little insane. <laughs> because it was her day. It was her day to celebrate mm. her achievement, and he took it from her. Yeah, like, uh, like just like the dad in Big Fish, everything's always got to be about him. So, but they were married for only five years, but they did have a daughter, Lily. Uh, they do not get along. It was not an amicable divorce. And they, uh, but they, they have not seen each other very much, but they both have to go to their daughter's graduation uh, from law school, I from think. From law school. Yeah, she's graduating okay. from law school. We get introduced to Lily, played by uh, Caitlin Wait a Deaver. Hold on a second. My sister graduated from law school and uh-huh. our parents are divorced. Is Ticket to Paradise about my family? Now, well, and, and, I mean, when we follow the rest of the plot, perhaps. Yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, I watched the movie, but I'm going to pretend that I don't know what happened so I can compare it to my life and see if they've stolen my story. Yeah, as we go along, keep a document open, you know, see what you have, see what kind of legal action we can take against. Yeah. And when I say we, I want to cut of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, you are a lawyer, right? <laughs> I mean, I sure. yeah. My sister went to law school, but you should probably handle the case. <laughs> So we meet Lily, play, again, played by Caitlin Deaver, and her best friend and roommate, Ren, uh, like now, the bird. Now, did it throw anyone <laughs> else chihuahua. off? That's the thing. Until I saw, looked up the movie's cast on Wikipedia, I was like, oh, they spill it Ren like the bird. And I kept thinking it was Ren like, like Ren and Stimmy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, the, it, it, it lines up. She would have been born like, a, you know, uh-huh. her parents could have been yeah, Nickelodeon right. fans. Yeah, 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 yeah her brother's name is Tommy Pickles. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, they're packing for their post-graduation trip to Bali. Lily is packing school books. Ren is packing a long string of condoms. That really kind of <laughs> defines their two characters. Um, David and Georgia end up but having But all those books are hollowed out and there's condoms inside. Filled with condoms. Uh, just loose, not even wrapped. Uh, <laughs> oh, David, no. <laughs> some used but you washed. Fit, you can fit more in there. No, nope. yeah. Stuart, God, No. <laughs> Uh, David and Georgia end up having to sit next to each other during the ceremony, and they can't stop bickering and fighting, uh, distracting people around them. They continue to argue all the way to the airport. It's just constant arguing. Uh, They argue all the way to the airport the next day when they have to take Lily and Ren to their flight at Bali. There's a nice joke about having done seven Jaeger bombs, which was only one too many Jaeger bombs, which is not true. Any Jaeger bombs is too many. I'm sorry, kids. <laughs> uh, that's a professional bar owner. As a professional, I can say Jaeger bombs, no thank you. Um, let's see, Lily, and uh, so it, we get a little bit of like fast forward. We get some Instagram pictures and Bali. That's to show everybody that social media exists in this world. We in get, case you were worried. Yeah, I mean, we get to, like, to show them that, that, to show them that us that are having a great time in Bali. 
They're having a great time. We get an opening credit sequence and having like had a vague idea of like what the plot of the movie was, you know, from like ads and, and whatnot, like I sort of expected the whole like meeting between Caitlin Deaver and her, you know, soon to be a husband character to uh-huh. like just be done during this like montage, like show it through like photos too. And, but, and, and was sort of genuinely surprised that we didn't just like skip to like uh, Clooney and uh, Julia Roberts getting like an invitation and like freaking out, you know, but, uh, but maybe I, I like, I think it could have been more efficient guys. That's all I'm saying. You're, I mean, it's you're not probably actually that right. interesting. The meeting. <laughs> no, especially because the, the, so the, the groom's character, groom is named what? Geed. Is that his name? Uh-huh. Uh, Getty. Getty, that's what it's Getty, and uh, he is not—he's very handsome, and I'm—I'm I'm sure, uh, like, he's not really given a chance to show us what kind of an actor he is because there's not much to him. And I kind yep. of almost wish that it was like *Bridesmaids*, where Tim Heidecker is just walking around and has no lines. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as, and the as whole the time you're like, is this some kind of elaborate fucking bit? <laughs> yeah, I was like, did they know he was there that day? Like, did he photobomb a movie? Like, how does this mm-hmm. possible? I was just at working, but. The I, in some ways I think that would have made more sense because then you as the audience too would not know who is this guy is it is it the right choice or not whereas right. we see yeah. a whole meet cute and it's clear that as with all people who live in other countries he is close to the land and lives mm-hmm. in a more traditional you know healthy way and is has yeah, a healthy we get, family and, we get this know. great meet cute where Ren and Lily are abandoned in the ocean. And before they die, <laughs> Getty shows up. It, and it briefly turns into the movie Open Water before <laughs> Getty shows up. Yeah, um, I assume that we were missing the scene where, like, whatever, like, snorkeling tour boat gets sued mm-hmm. for not doing a head count about <laughs> who's on the boat. Uh, and so, yeah, she meets this handsome seaweed farmer, Getty. Uh, then they connect at a party, which looks like a lot of fun. Uh, and then Lily wakes up in his bed, which is very much looks at at his uh, seaweed farm, which looks very much like a resort. Uh, his but bedroom we doesn't seem to have a, a it doesn't have a fourth wall, right? Like it's just open to the beach. Yeah, it looks very. It, yeah, again, it looks like the place influencers stay, and they're like, I just roll out of bed, I eat some granola, and then I jump right into the ocean. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they spit that granola into the ocean for the fish. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's this. That's how the cycle works. They don't yeah. want all the calories of the, the granola. <laughs> um, so Lily, after talking to Getty, realizes her entire life is out of balance. Uh, and that she wants to stay in this beautiful place. And I'm like, you know, shit, everyone wants to stay on permanent vacation, dude. It's yeah. because <laughs> he, he showed— he showed her Quran Askazi the night before. That's actually how, why she realized <laughs> oh, her life oh, was so open. So he's much more of a dude than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got to show you this movie first. I uh, tell you what it means. But <laughs> yeah. You're right. That there is a this movie is plan, and I mean again, it's a romantic comedy. It doesn't have to be real. Like it's a it's a fantasy from top to bottom. But you're right, Stuart. It is playing off that feeling you get when you're on vacation, where it's like, I love this place. I should live here. Wait a minute. What I actually love is not going to work and relaxing mm-hmm. every day. Like I've had that experience in San Francisco, in Paris, yeah. where I'm like. Yeah. I could live here forever. Oh, wait a minute. It's because I have no responsibilities while I'm here, except to just put food in my face when I'm hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then you thought, but if I faked my own death, <laughs> I could I could have no responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I just want to lie around on the beach, read crazy from the heat all day long. <laughs> That's Dan, balance to me. Sure. But Dan, you know, you've read Maltese Falcon. You know, as soon as I fake my own death and I go somewhere, I'm just going to get another family, another mm-hmm. job. I'll have all mm-hmm. the same stresses. Because that's that, what happens when girders aren't falling on your head. You just revert to the mean, you know? Yeah. 
I feel like, and also I feel like that's Elliot, like that that kind of fits the Elliot I have built up in my mind is one where even in your fantasy, you're like, but I need more responsibilities. Well, that's, I mean, I've always said to Danielle, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I retire. And she's like, why? And I'm like, then I'll have more time for writing. And so it's like, it, it's a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a ceaseless engine, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, okay. So then we get a, we get a title card, guys. 37 days later. So at this point, Killian Murphy has gotten out of the hospital. <laughs> so Killian Murphy's been out of the hospital for nine he's, days at this point. He's already in that like, crazy. He's aware of what's going place. on. He, he knows the situation. He's not surprised anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still surprised at the depths that humans can uh, depress. Yeah. Oh, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. So we then see. What if? We, wait a minute. What if the? Now I want to believe go, these are happening in the same universe. Yep, yep, and when on. Killian Murphy sees that airplane <laughs> at the end of Twenty Eight Days Later, he is seeing George Clooney and Julia Roberts heading to Bali for their daughter's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> There's nothing in this movie that doesn't say that England has become a, an, yeah, a quarantine sure. zombie wasteland. It's the shared ticket to ride universe. Ticket to <laughs> ride. Ticket to paradise. <laughs> yeah, if, if I was if I was Lily at this point, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm staying in Bali. It seems safer here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's okay. an island. The, the rage virus can't get here. So while the rage virus is raging. <laughs> oh, raging. It's destroying England. Mm. Meanwhile, in um, Bali. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, in what, LA, we see the uh we see a very large building that in very large letters reads the Georgia Cotton Gallery. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, she's rich, rich. Mm. She's very well off. Um, yeah. and she is taking a meeting with a client. Uh, she's wearing a suit that incorporates shorts, that is very tasteful, I would say. Um, you know, Stuart, when you said uh, before the recording that you hadn't edited down your notes, I thought, surely that's not the case. Okay, so... No, I, for one, love Stuart's fashion corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stuff that is often overlooked by Elliot. Yeah. Very much um, so, yeah, So, uh... She get, uh, Georgia gets a phone call from David because turns out Lily is getting married in Bali to a fellow she met in Bali. Um, and David and Georgia immediately decide they have to break this up. Though they don't talk to each other about it then, they end up bumping into each other on the same flight to Bali. Oh. They're sitting next to each other on the same row. And to make matters more interesting, uh, Georgia's hot young boyfriend, who's French, Paul, is the pilot on that flight. Uh, Dan, describe Paul for us. Uh, he just seems like a big old puppy dog. Like, like all he cares about is Julia Roberts. Um, in to a way the point that, of having almost no character uh, right, drives well, himself other than his need to be with <clears throat> Julia Roberts and support her. Which is yes. a red flag, ladies. Well, also, that's the thing, he, like, does, he definitely has, he is, he is supportive to the point of uh, almost being a horror character. Smothering, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a smother. It's like a real monkey's paw situation. You wanted a supportive boyfriend, here you go. I mean, mm-hmm. I I would say that that was true in real life. I have complex feelings because, like, yes, the movie presents it as his trait in a way that is, like, you know, surface level, like, nice, but then, like, later on, her, her daughter's like, you know, this is, like, being loved isn't the same as loving. You know, like, and the idea is that yeah, clearly this guy would become smothering over time and doesn't seem to have his own stuff going on in a way that is probably not good for a long-term relationship. That said, I feel like Julia Roberts and George Clooney both act so unpleasant towards each other and so abominably towards their daughter for like the first half of this movie mm-hmm. that 
in contrast, I'm like, this guy is too good for her. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, well, so that's nice. the other. That was the other thing is that he has that trait. He is a he is a uh, kind of manipulatively, toxically supportive guy. But if you take that away, he's an incredibly handsome French pilot. Like, yeah. there's no reason that he should be. With, I mean, and Julia Roberts is a, is a beautiful, charismatic woman. She owns an art gallery. I'm sure she has a lot of interesting things going on in her life that they can relate to about each other. But like that, she is an she's an older woman who is already a divorcee and has a child. It doesn't make sense to me that this guy would be in a relationship with her at his I, point in life. You know, I don't, I, I don't think that's enough of a red flag. I would say her status. Oh, I wouldn't call and, that. I, I don't think that's a. I don't think it's a red flag. It just seemed unrealistic to me. I would say the unrealistic part is that he does not notice the very clear sexual tension between her and her bickering ex-husband. Yes, and also doesn't seem to notice how little she seems to like him yes. and how little yeah, yeah. affection she has for Although, him. Although, <laughs> guys, sometimes that's a real turn on. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know what? That's That could be Paul's kink. You're right. Is He lo- he wants to be the loving one. He doesn't want to be the, the more loving one. He yeah. wants to be the more loving one and the less loved one. Could be it. You know what? He's complicated. He's French. I <laughs> wouldn't say that, like, he's unaware of, like what's going on between her and Clooney. He seems to be aware of it, yeah. but he's like choosing not to be bothered by it, which honestly made him more attractive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's very, you I know, wonder, at least he's just letting it play out and see where, what happens. And then like, so. he'll make his choice. Not, not to jump ahead too much, but there is a part where he knows that, she, that she has spent the night in George Clooney's room and he is totally okay with it. And I wanted her to be like, look, Georgia, that's what I'm into. I am into you cucking me. This is what I want. Finally, we're getting somewhere in this relationship. Like I wanted that scene, but yeah. it didn't happen, unfortunately. <laughs> well, yeah, you can write it, write it into your <laughs> yeah, movie. Write it in the margins my of your movie. Par- <laughs> well, it's going to be called Cuck to Paradise, and it's going to be just from Paul's point of view and how, how turned on he is by the whole situation. Like nothing makes, it, nothing makes him hotter than the idea of losing her to her ex-husband. There, there are plenty of websites, I think, that would be happily accept yes. your short story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, do you think they'd print it in the Atlantic? Because that's where I'm really aiming. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe well, I don't know. Is there a news hook? Maybe that you can yeah. add. I can find something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the uh, George and David try and come up with a plan, uh, taking the ferry to the, uh, the, I guess, the family farm, the island that they're going to. Um, but they can't seem to agree. Although they they kind of try and play it cool when they when they when they see their daughter again, they try to play it cool and supportive. But then, like, they're hoping to like undercut it and and cause a rift between the two, uh, between their daughter and her, uh, husband. Um, initially Lily seems onto them, uh, but then kind of forgets about it until like the beginning of the end of the second act or something. Lily has, is aware of the situation when the movie demands her to be and unaware when the movie demands her to be. Yeah. So they go to a big pre-wedding party. Unless which is, off camera, she's getting hit in the head with coconuts and forgetting things, which again possible. would have been an interesting choice to <laughs> yeah. make in the movie. Um, Old Parker, why did you do that? Well, I th- we shot the scenes with the coconuts, but the movie was running a mite long, and I know you <laughs> modern day movie people, you sit for two and a half, three hours for your movie, but I don't want to go much farther over an hour thirty, and this was an hour forty-four with credits, and that's the uh, sweet spot for Old Parker. I was using Kubrickian precision, and I had to hit Caitlin on the head with a coconut uh, <laughs> more than a hundred times when she then had to be airlifted off the island to a hospital and then the producer stepped in and said is this scene really necessary? <laughs> they, they said the insurance <laughs> company was starting to ask questions and I said you don't know how many times I threw a coconut at the head of Joan Fontaine when I needed to. 
We had real movie making in those days, and the actors and the actresses, why well, they never complained because they knew this was their ticket to stardom. Talk about a paradise. Anyway, I'll let you go. Wait, but we called you, old Parker, to, to t- complain about the scene, but then you acted oh, like you called master. us. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> okay, so they arrive at a at a pre-wedding party, which is supposed to be close family, but it turns out that close family is a relatively large community. And uh, Lily has grown very close with this family, but George and David are very out of their element. We get some jokes about them not understanding the language. There is one, there's a character who ends up being the translator for some of the other family members who can't speak English. And I think she gets a couple of good laugh lines, like, yeah. you know, hearing a big string of... Uh, is it like Indonesian or Balinese? I don't know what the word, what the language is. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, she'll hear like a long string of words and then just be like, she says hello. Uh, that Those yeah, kind of classic. Bits. Yeah, that bit. character, she's she's very much a kind of like over it, uninterested, bored, you know, teen or whatever. And it's her <laughs> and Ren have so much more personality than Lily yeah. does. And yeah. I wish they had taken some of those traits. At, like Ren, Lily's best friend, Ren, she drinks too much. She's she's everyone thinks she's kind of a loser and she's kind of, she's like a mess loser and I wish that I just wish they had kind of like as much as I I really like uh, Caitlin Dever I wish that they had kind of like moved Billy Lord over and made her the daughter because to have it does the movie would just would have made more sense to me that way yeah uh, I, if, well, she, if mean, the daughter had that kind of like impulsiveness you know yeah but also she has like this sort of like that character has this sort of loopy emotional intelligence to to like you know, counterweight the other stuff. That's true. Like, I mean, she, at she's least the sidekick again, role. still a more interesting character. Yeah, and, no, and, no, and, no. A lot of rom-coms are like that, where the sidekick character is like the funny one with personality. Yeah. And that's why, like, if you're in a romantic comedy, the sidekick role is often like the breakout role. Like, that's where you want, you want to be like Rupert Everett in My Best Friend's Wedding, right? Right. It's like, you want to be the sidekick, but the... It's, then it just leaves you often with a with a main character who is not, and I guess, and I guess Lily's not the main character, but you leave with a... Pivotal character who doesn't have a lot going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Gede takes uh, David on kind of a tour of the farm, and David tries to scare Gede off. Uh, saying his daughter is going to get sick of this lifestyle. But then it's it's also revealed that this farm sells to Whole Foods, which is only wild because the farm doesn't seem that big, and it almost never seems like anyone's working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, that's, that's, that's the true. thing. The seaweed really farms itself. All they seem to do is gather it for like an hour in the morning, and then the rest of the days. But on the other hand, they might not be working as hard since this is his wedding weekend. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, there is a scene where uh, uh, a character refers to Julia Roberts as looking like a very attractive horse, uh, which is, was a little weird. <laughs> I enjoyed that scene for Julia Roberts' playing of it. Like, yeah. like it was like she really, like she, it's a scene where, you know, she is throwing off kind of any sort of movie star ego and just being like uh-huh. complimented in this insulting way and her sort of like polite acceptance of it was very funny to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then David and Georgia, it turns out that they're staying at a nearby resort, uh, which looks kind of similar to where uh, the the farm and of course, he and George are staying in rooms that are right next to each other, which is kind of interesting because they booked all their 
or travel completely separately. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they ended up being, being right next to each other. It doesn't really matter. I think they might have uh, used the same travel agent. Uh, it's called Divorcees Who Should Be Together Travel. Yeah. And they, yeah. they hook you up with all the di- things that are necessary to get you back together again. It's, yeah, it's called, it's called Parent Trap Travel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a... I, if you were to do that, I feel like there'd be a lot of fun in creating a travel agent character who's just really into trying to set people <laughs> up. Yeah, that'd be really funny. Um, okay, so uh, David can't sleep, so he ends up uh, at the hotel bar, and Ren shows up, and they have a non-romantic catch-up scene, which I appreciated. This was, this was honestly, this was, I think, my favorite scene in the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, I think I'm I agree. I'm such a fucking sucker for hotel bars, and George Clooney's hotel bar <laughs> scene in Out of Sight is, like, one of the sexiest scenes. Yeah. I love and that what, shit. What I really liked about this was that George Clooney is feels like they both feel like real people here. It feels like oh, this is a conversation between uh, a guy who has regrets, who doesn't isn't really sure of what's going on in his life or what's going on with his daughter, and his daughter's friend who feels like a daughter to him as well, who he's very close to, but who he can speak to a little more openly because she's not his daughter. And yeah. there was, and the fact is, he's so charismatic and so handsome that I was worried they might end up sleeping together, yes. and that that didn't happen. And because her character is kind of like, I'll I'll drink anything, I'll I'll sleep with anybody. Yeah, yeah. But the the fact that it didn't happen and the scene ended, it was like, oh, this felt like the kinds of thing that happens when people meet up with each other at weddings and are just kind of around each other and they open up in honest ways. I thought it was a really mm-hmm. this was a really great scene. Yeah, I really liked it. Was, a lot. It was great, and it uh, it like it made me wish that there was. So George Clooney does a lot to explain his motivation at different times. Like he talks about how. He had bought a plot of land and he was building a dream house for him and Georgia to live in, uh, and then it burned down. And I would have liked a little more background because, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have a person in his life. And I would have liked a little more background on like, has he not dated anyone in the 20 odd years yeah. since his divorce? Or had he had every single relationship been sabotaged because he is still clinging to this like fantasy of his past relationship. I don't know. Um, I'm reading too much into this movie. At this no, point. but I, I think you're, you're doing. It's the kind of reading that the movie could have done a little bit more of, and it would have elevated the whole thing. Because as it is, it does feel like these characters are born the moment the movie starts, and then their backstory is filled in as necessary. And it's like almost they're remembering those things as they need to, as opposed to these us finding it uh, these people at this moment in their lives when they've lived, you know, for X many years beforehand. But also, at least he gets that. I don't even think Julia Roberts gets as much development. No, the closest she gets to that is when she talks very briefly about being a mom after the mm-hmm. divorce, and that's about it. And like she, yeah. she gets she gets very little to sketch in her her who her, who she is. Yeah, and the daughter keeps talking about you know like how amazing her parents are, particularly the mom. And like, we believe it because it's Julia Roberts, but like the movie doesn't do that. Like this movie, yeah. uh, you know, more than most things we watch really coasts along on the fact that like, these are people that you like. And and yeah. I think that's part of its strategy, but it does it too much. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the benefit of, that's why you cast George Clooney and Julia Roberts or something like yeah. this. It's what Alfred Hitchcock would do when he would cast actors. He'd say, I'm casting Jimmy Stewart because he brings with him the Jimmy Stewart's that he was in other movies. I'm casting Cary Grant because you already know who he is as soon as he shows yeah. up on screen. But even there, they would give you like a little bit of the, a little bit more meat for the characters. And here, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, there's not a lot of, especially for Julia Roberts. Yeah, there's it's not like a lot you, of meat. You, you cast Vin Diesel. So you're getting Dominic Toretto. You're getting 
uh, Xander Cage. You're getting uh, The Last Witch Hunter. You're getting all these. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. You're getting yep. uh, Pitch Black. Pitch you're getting Black, all these yeah. guys. <laughs> that was his name. He was <laughs> like, there were later sequels to that movie that were just his name. And yet. His name is dumb because his name is Riddick, right? That's a dumb yeah. Riddick. He's a Furian. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> wait. His eyes glow. He yep. was in love with Kyra, but she died. I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember mm-hmm. the song Heart of the Furian by Dire Peril, <laughs> oh, okay. which lists all this shit. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 when you re- and, you, and you also get Bloodshot when you cast him. A lot of people forget You get that. it all. You get, the, you get the, yeah. whole, the whole thing. That's why you cast Vin Diesel on things. You don't wonder, cast him to like be a guy who can tie ties realistically. And I wonder if they're trying for that with Caitlin Dever too, but she uh, because this character fits in a lot with a previous characters she's yeah. had in other movies, yeah. mm-hmm. but I feel like she doesn't automatically bring that with her quite yeah. the same way because yeah. it's not that you know I, there she was just a, has had the years to to do it you yes, know like that. like, like uh, Max Fun uh, Max Fun founder Jesse Thorne he recently I was hanging out with him and he was reminding me of an old SNL sketch that Jack Handy wrote that George Clooney is in is about tales of uh, like railroad management malfeasance or something like yeah. that. Oh, malfeasance and railroad hiring practices. And this is a sketch from 30 years ago. And George Clooney, when I watched it again, I was like, he looks so young. I forget. I think of him <laughs> now as like an older handsome guy. But before that, he was a young handsome guy. And that's yeah. what informs the older handsome guy. And like, she just doesn't have enough of that built up yet for her to automatically bring the character with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, uh, David convinces Georgia to steal the wedding rings from a child, and she uses <laughs> a trick where she explains, in America, we slice bananas before we peel them. Uh, I don't know how this trick works. Well, Does she okay. use, like, razor blades? So, all right. Mean, you, okay, an, you need, well, you need a needle and thread, sonic right? You need a needle and thread. There's an, this a is sonic, an old... Yeah, she, uses, she uses a sonic gun that you use to break up a kidney stone, and she just hits the banana with it. <laughs> Well, she doesn't even need the gun. She can just do the sonic boom that Guile does in Street Fighter. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> this is an old quote-unquote magic trick you would find in like a kid's magic book where you do like a couple of- Dan's looking at me right now like I'm some dumb kid. <laughs> Dan, Dan couple- just, he's like, I, the, the disgust with which Dan is applying the word magic to this, like the ghost of Ricky Jay is like inside Dan's head being like, you make sure this is not real magic. Well, I'll tell you why this magic, is like sir. a terrible- <laughs> You use yeah, you use a needle and thread. You basically like pass a thread through, so the the thread is cutting the the banana inside. You're essentially the peel, garroting you the banana in its own skin. Of holes. Yeah. You get a couple of holes cool. because of it. And if you know anything about a banana, if you damage the peel, it will brown up right away. So this uh, this gagged banana, this tricked banana, will look you know, like it's not. It's not not obvious that there are a bunch of fucking holes in this but banana. Not, but, it's not like, but it's not like the banana browns up like instantly like Dorian Gray crumbling to dust. Yeah, yeah, like it drinks from so the wrong when, fucking goblet. When, yeah. when, when did Julia Roberts <laughs> that like morning, rig It's not like banana. she carries around a, a divided banana in her luggage. Like <laughs> she took a banana, she has a sewing kit, she did it moments before. Moments, yeah, moments before. before. Okay. I'm saying that banana would be brown. To no, not a, so yeah, she, when you peel a banana and you set it out to eat, it's not like it instantly turns brown. It, it takes a little bit of time. So Listeners, I think when, when try she, this thread trick. <laughs> See how long it takes the banana to look <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, throw that shit up crazy. on TikTok. We'll watch. Yeah, it. update um, us. Do, so, do a day by day update, then do a time lapse of the whole set of the whole. Now day. that Georgia has the magic, <laughs> then do a time lapse of us. <laughs> then put it, the music on it. You already okay. you made your own Koyana Scotsy. Congratulations. <laughs> now that uh, banana Scotsy. <laughs> now that Georgia has stolen the magic that rings, I think it delays the wedding ceremony a little bit and buys them a little bit more time to break up this couple. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they go swimming with dolphins. One of them bites David in the leg, and he has a real meltdown about it. Uh, and we already can tell that uh, Gede believes that David and Georgia stole the rings and are doing are up to no good. They're up to mischief. Um, <clears throat> uh, David tries to play dumb. Uh, Georgia keeps Lily busy. Uh but Gede doesn't tell Lily his suspicions, which is not cool. You should be more open and honest with this stuff. I, I mean, um, he should, but I understand that he's trying to preserve the relationship of her and her parents because yeah. they, she would be so mad if she knew what they were doing. Next morning, Georgia and David are woken up early to help bring in the seaweed crop alone. Uh, again, they're the only people out there. <laughs> they get to They get to have a little fight flirt. Yeah, nothing more romantic than picking seaweed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It becomes competitive because they're both, you know, alphas. They're high-functioning people. Mm-hmm. They're real um, type A's, yeah. Then they watch Gede get his teeth filed down. Uh, <laughs> now, and then every- there are a couple different things. And now, I don't know anything about uh, Balinese or Indonesian wedding practices, but they go to a couple different, like, rites of passage for the wedding. And I'm uh-huh. curious, how, I guess I could do the research, how much of it is yeah. real stuff and how much of it is not real stuff. Because if it's not real stuff— then they're then they are yeah, yeah, making yeah. up things, but it maybe yeah. it's real stuff. I don't know. I've never uh, heard of it before. <clears throat> so then they they go uh, to ease the pain. They they all go out and drink moonshine and play beer pong. This leads to a lot of dancing, and they dance embarrassingly to songs that I remember growing up with as a kid. So it made me feel very old, guys. Now, yeah. Yeah. I'm now curious. so because Stuart, these are the songs that we listen to as kids, and they would have heard as twenty somethings. So uh-huh, that makes like, me at least one of these songs, I think it was uh, Jump by House of Pain, I yes. owned on single, everybody. <laughs> now, Dan, are Ellie, you going to ask me how I felt about this because of my— I, I, I'm, I'm yeah, on record same. as hating scenes where adult where actors are just dancing. Here's what I'm going to tell well, you. No, wait, hold on. I was going to ask it. Let me okay. ask it in my way, but you, you, you're the great mind meld, Elliot. <laughs> so I watched it, and I was thinking like— Okay, I know Elliot hates stuff that's just like, see how much of a good time we had. Yeah. You know, and I understand that in many situations. In this case, because of all that history with these these actors, um, and the movie is absolutely coasting on this. It is not about like, oh, these characters are cutting loose. It's like, isn't it fun? You're seeing... Clooney and Julia Roberts act drunk, play beer pong, and dance around real silly. You know, like, it's, that's what this is yep. being sold on. Like, it was fun to me, and I still, I enjoyed it. I understand how it could be a projection, but I was well, like, Dan, I wonder this, what Elliot thinks this about is, it. Well, I want you to ask me, because I did enjoy this part, but I'll tell you why. Because to me, this was the character, I was saying this, paint. it is the characters dancing this way. Mm. They are those characters with their shared history getting drunk and having a moment where they are deliberately embarrassing their daughter by dancing in a way that I can fully relate to as a parent because I love to embarrass my children. And mm-hmm. so it was like, it wasn't just like someone have you shouting. Already, Elliot, have you already picked out the like stained tidy whities you're going to wear to answer the door when your sons start to bring dates home? <laughs> no, but that's a great idea. I should be doing that. Uh, I got to pre-stain them with just like, you know, also like wood, wood like something you would stain a deck with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, so for me in this moment, it wasn't, oh, everyone mm. on on the in the cast is having a dance party. Now Lily's dancing. Now Ren is dancing. It was the two of them, those two characters having fun dancing and the, and the younger characters being embarrassed by it. And I was like, yeah, I like this. I like seeing mm. these two. I like seeing these characters having fun in this way. I, sure, I like seeing Julia Roberts and George Clooney having fun in some way. But I think the fact that it was 
partly for a story purpose and a character purpose. Yeah. Made it for me where I was like, okay, I, I do enjoy this. This is a funny thing as opposed to like, hey, we had such a great time making this movie. Right. Don't you wish you were here? You know? No, no, it, it fits in the movie. And I guess I was too extreme in the way I put it. Like, I don't think that, it, like, it does work on a character level. Like, it, it makes sense in the movie at this place. And that's, like, it doesn't feel like just a fuck around that they like, the decided to keep with, in. If the movie ended as the movie nailed slash accidental love does yeah. with a wedding scene where it's just all the actors dancing with each other, then I would have been like, shut this movie down. End yeah. it already. I don't need to see this, you know? But but I do think that like a big part of it is like if these were other actors doing this, it wouldn't have the same charge as like, oh, look at our like – Hollywood royalty, like what we have as Hollywood royalty these days, like fucking around. You say that, but if it was Juliet Binoche and Stellan Skarsgård, I think you'd be pretty. <laughs> you'd be pretty entertained. Yeah, yeah you'd be right, pretty entertained. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they they drink a little too much, and George and David wake up in bed together, very hungover. But they insist nothing happened. Although you know they're a little uncomfortable, and especially so because they're in George's room. And who arrives first thing in the morning? That's right, it's Paul, uh, George's boyfriend. Uh, they make a big uh, hullabaloo about trying to trick him into thinking it was somebody else's room <laughs> that they switched uh, rooms. But they, yeah. he, like it. It's kind of no point. Because I want to Paul figures it out. Call something out here that annoyed me, and I also saw. That Go for friend, it. This is the perfect venue for that. <laughs> yeah, our friend Matt Singer also made this point on his uh-huh. letterbox review. But like, uh, you know, he has to put on some pants, and so he puts on Julia Roberts' character's yoga pants, and she's like. And he's like, they're too tight, you know? And he's like, they were yoga pants, they'll stretch. And then you see him in the next scene, he's wearing these baggy they're yoga like pants. pants. They're, they're like pants. They're like, like, they're, pants. like they're, ge- they're like harem pants. And like the, yeah. the, the, the gag would be, the joke would be, put Clooney in spandex. Like, yeah. make it put real tight like, on Lululemon. See his junk, yeah. I want to yeah. see that shit flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> just clune it up, Yeah. I mean, I it just doesn't look weird that he's wearing these pants at all. I didn't no. plunk down my hard-earned money for a fucking Peacock subscription to not see George yeah. Clooney's fucking stuff smashed into a tiny pair of yoga pants. Give me that yoga toe. <laughs> yeah. That's what Stu says. Wait, yoga toad? Yeah. <laughs> yoga tozers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes the sense. The porn version of yoga hosers, which was more prop- profitable than yoga hosers. It would have to be. <laughs> yeah. Most people didn't know it was a parody. That was the thing. They just yeah. thought yeah. it was a straightforward porn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like airplane so. and zero hour. People don't know the source material. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so they end up doing a little family trip, uh, and David uh, bulls ahead like he's a dad and makes them all go on a trip to a temple that is bad luck to visit to if you are an unmarried couple. Now, this is a real temple. I don't know if it's really bad luck to visit if you're unmarried. Um, At the temple, Paul decides to propose to Georgia, which, again, don't fucking do this shit. Don't propose to people at... Don't propose to somebody at someone else's fucking wedding. No. That's yeah. their function, dude. Let them have their moment. Save it. Take her on a different you're a pilot. You can take her anywhere <laughs> in the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess but, that's how it works. Yeah, nonetheless. Uh well, it's not too far. Like, I think we're in between. Yeah. Um uh, so Paul, uh yeah. Guys, I'm known for having a gift of hyperbole. 
Yeah. It's, sometimes <laughs> okay. some people You're sometimes I think it's a curse. Figure. Yeah. Hy- Hyperbolus <laughs> is the muse that you that you worship and who gifted you with with your talents. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Some again sometimes a curse. Sometimes you know uh, a power. <laughs> sure. The, 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 the ancient Greek story of Stu, <laughs> who was cursed with the gift of hyperbole. <laughs> I, one time he walked into an ancient Greek diner and un, and, and unfortunately ordered 10,000 eggs. <laughs> uh, I would eat every one of them because A, they're very expensive now and B, a great source of protein, you know? Yeah. And you can do so many different things with an egg. You Fry can, it, yeah. scramble it, <laughs> you walk into scotch it. Egg council commercial. I don't understand where we yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, now. if we could get sponsored by an egg council, so I could yeah, get more if, eggs. If, if oh, the idea of eggs could sponsor us. Yeah, eggs. If you're listening, <laughs> please consider sponsoring the Flophouse. If you heard a desperation in my voice during the Max Fun Drive, it's because I need more eggs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're at this temple. He proposes to Georgia. She is immediately nervous. We all knew this was happening. She mm-hmm. was not going to be into it. But before she can respond, he gets bitten by a venomous snake, <laughs> and they have to rush him to the hospital. Uh, and the whole family's there. She and- has to suck the the poison out, and it had the gag that I've always wanted to be in it, where like her lips then get like numb, and she seems woozy. Like they don't do anything with that. She seems fine in the next scene. <laughs> but uh, I always because yeah, the idea of Julia Roberts being poisoned by a snake is. <laughs> Terrifying. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. It's traumatic. The idea that, that that could happen to America's sweetheart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it was her character from My Best Friend's Wedding, who's basically a villain, right? Like yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. She's, a, she's yeah. a bad guy. Um, she's, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the family's kind of divided. When uh, Lily finds out her mother was proposed to, she's like, that guy? He's boring. Uh, and David tries to put on a brave face like he has in many situations in this movie, but you know it's bothering him. Um, And she doesn't respond. So uh, David goes ahead with Lily and Gede on the next part of their trip, which Georgia quickly follows them on. Though it's a little weird because they end up going to a more remote island, I guess. And David forgets or just is unable to successfully tie up Gede's boat, which then floats away. To be honest, why is is David being given the job of tying up the boat? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean – Getty's already suspicious of him. Um, so uh, the boat floats away, and then and Georgia showed up right around then. Because so much like, like Hope, she get this there? boat yep. floats. Oh, oh. nice. Well, That's I mean, good. most yeah. boats float, so it's not Maybe really. Maybe they're made out of hope. Maybe the boat was made out of hope. Yeah. Thing to say that about actually, a boat. That logic tracks. Or <laughs> made out of witches. Like if I was shown a boat, my first question wouldn't be, "Does it float?" Because I was. You're not David Letterman, I guess, because his first question would be, "Does it float?" That's um, true. So they, or will it float, I guess. So they end up getting stranded. Um, it's uh, David, Georgia, Lily, and Gede. Uh, they get stranded in the jungle, and they f- realize that they're going to have to spend the night out there camping, uh, which seems a little extreme, but everybody's kind of okay with it. I mean— They are very quickly talking about killing a pig and yes, butchering yeah. it. The, yeah. two, the, the, the guys go out and hunt this pig, and I got to say that I, I honestly sort of think this movie is— better at a romance between Clooney and the groom than yeah. between Clooney yeah. and Julia Roberts. Like I get point. a sense of like how he warms up to this guy over time in a way that I don't really understand why yeah. they get back together at and, the end of the and movie. And also and also you can tell the actor playing Getty really wants George Clooney to like him. Like yeah. even when he's like disappointed in him, there's still this feeling of like, 
a workable, right? Like George Clooney, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I think, I think to be honest- And George I, Clooney's I, I, like, if we're cool, we're cool. That's fine. Don't worry about it. If this movie was, not nothing nothing against Julia Roberts, but if this movie was George Clooney and his prospective son-in-law out in the jungle bonding while they get lost, like that's a, that could be a really funny movie. Yeah. yeah. So while and they're hunting they the pig- And they fall in love and he breaks up the wedding by marrying the groom. Oh, I don't know. that's sad though. Uh, while they're hunting a pig- It's okay, his uh, daughter is terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> in this version of the movie, yeah. Lily is searching for matches in her mom's bag, and she finds the stolen rings. Mm. So we have a big Chekhov's dust stolen up. rings. Uh, everyone Chekhov's air- cut banana. Everyone kind of <laughs> airs their concerns and fears, all their grievances, and it, at the end of the day, it just kind of brings everybody closer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next morning. Well, I mean, the fact is that yeah, they're talking out. Yeah, they're talking out the problems a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Instead it's of hiding, that's it. a healthy way to deal with things instead of lying about everything. Um, instead of stealing, okay. cutting yeah. bananas in weird, unnatural ways <laughs> that Dan does I, not approve I just of. Don't agree it's with just using not magic. magic. That's yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> when you use magic, there's a cost, and in this case, it burned up some of her goodwill with her daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. By the way, if it, you uh, here's a little teaser for the guys who don't know anything about it. Yet, uh, but I'll say it now for the you and the listeners. Uh, if you like me talking passionately about magic, you're gonna want to watch that streaming show that we oh. did from the Bell House. Anyway, the on. movie Magic, starring Anthony Hopkins as a as a ventriloquist, we'll see. Or a, mm-hmm. oh, Magic wow. Mike, etc. Um, okay, so the next morning, <laughs> Wait, David- Stu, I just I hate to interrupt you more, but the idea that magic has a cost that like Julie Roberts is like to steal those rings, I'm going to have to fake that I cut a banana inside the peel. It's going to take three days off the end of my life. But you know what? All magic has a cost, and I've got to pay it. That's yeah. That's the bill's going to come eventually. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, the next morning, David uh, is watching the sunrise. And he exp- he reveals to Georgia that he never sold the land that he had attempted to build their dream house on. Mm-hmm. And then they they exchange a little kiss before realizing, no, this isn't for us. Also, at this point, I'm like, there's still 30 minutes in this movie? <laughs> uh, so they end up not getting together. Yeah, the, re- the rest is just one very long sex scene between George Clooney and Julia Roberts, <laughs> 30 minutes long. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a decent scene, like— I'd pay 10 bucks scene. for that PPV. Yeah, I mean, it, um, would, it would make it instantly one of the most successful movies ever made, I think, yes. yeah. Um, so they Just go a back. blue is the warmest color style, I mean, very extreme sex scene, yeah. There's so Single little shot. sex in movies these days. That would be interesting if they, we just chose one a year that had all of the sex. Like, uh-huh. this like one's a purge end. of I mean, sex scenes? Here's the thing, yeah. Dan. Here's the thing, Dan. There's plenty of access to to sex videos. I don't understand uh, what you're that's saying. That's not the same <laughs> you, fucking thing, dude. You know, that's true. a dumb yeah, argument. Not, not the same, yeah. Uh, yeah, the argument that pornography is available, so we shouldn't show any chemistry or sex in movies. Well, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. Um, when normally words come out of your mouth at a rapid speed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> much, some would say. <laughs> yeah, that's why Stuart's trying to put some of them back in. <laughs> He's, He's trying to shove extra you. words in to, to close the mouth, to keep it blocked up so that more words can't come out. He's worried that that like yeah, when Ant Man cool gets theory. big, you know, like there's so much energy expended, you got to eat once yeah. you come back down. Yeah, to yeah size. that makes sense. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's not words. some sort of deep horizon junk shot where he's just trying to <laughs> fill my mouth with crap words. Yeah, mm-hmm. to stop the spill. Uh, so ba- they end up back at the resort. Lily puts her foot down that she is getting married, and her parents are either on it, uh, on board, or not. Uh, Paul again tries to propose to Georgia. And he does the the old classic bit where he stands up too fast from being on his knees and he bangs his head into her nose. 
Um, this is the kind uh, of thing luckily, that does doesn't cause any lasting when, when, damage. When you're in a relationship where you're you spend a lot of time physically close to someone, you do end up bumping into them a bunch. And then David tips <laughs> the uh, and then <laughs> David tips the. Service. I just say so. Just want to say this is something that <laughs> this is a Stuart. realistic touch in the movie that every now and then, every now and then, you might bump into somebody that you're close to. <laughs> yeah. So I don't the know. More how, you know. <laughs> meanwhile, David is swimming in the pool, fully clothed, and he tips the bellhop with a wet bill, which I'm like. In Indonesia, do they, uh, like, I don't, maybe I was just assuming that they had, like, similar bills to, like, Australia or New Zealand that's that, like, plasticky stuff that doesn't get wet and soggy. No. Again, but, don't know enough about Indonesian currency. Okay. Uh, so they So let's all, file that under the possibly a goof. Yeah, possibly yeah. a goof. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right it it's up. It's a new, <laughs> new it's a new, not very popular <laughs> section of uh, of IMDb. Although, yeah, actually, on, I feel like it would be super popular because people <laughs> I mean, almost on, anything could go in there. <laughs> well, that's that's on SMDB, Schrodinger's Movie Database, where it could be a goof or yeah. it could be not be a goof. Until we find out, we won't know for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so everybody As gets As opposed over to their- SNMDB, which is a different database. Mm-hmm. But yeah, about- equally... <laughs> arguably more popular. Mouths. <laughs> oh, very much more popular, yeah. Uh, so they get everybody gets over their bullshit in time to see uh, <laughs> Lily and Gede get married. Uh, the ceremony is very colorful, and there is no mischief at all. Gede Wait. even gives David a chance to object, and he doesn't. He turns it into a, uh, a way to puff everybody up. But then what yeah, does Lily pull? She I does, don't fucking remember. I've only watched this movie twice. What happened? Lily goes, do it, he's, about to, he's about to stab a, a handkerchief with a knife to seal uh-huh. the marriage. And she goes, wait. And everyone stops. And he gets this look on his face like, oh, no. The groom does. And she goes, just kidding. And if I was the groom, I would have been like, this wedding is off. Goodbye. I love <laughs> you, but I cannot handle that. You know yeah. how vulnerable I am right now. <laughs> There's been too much mischief already. Uh, yeah. Okay, so everybody's happy. Georgia says no to Paul, who takes it okay, actually. Uh, David and Georgia uh, board the ferry back to the airport, and they reconnect, and they're like, you know what? Let's just stay in Bali. And then they jump off the boat. They jump End off the boat. movie. Mm-hmm. They, jump and they off the decide ferry. to stay in Bali, which is good, because the rage virus is all over the rest <laughs> it's of the right. By this point, it's spread. Raging yeah. like a Cajun. Yeah. Now, this, and this is when you, I always realize- how rich these characters are. Because it's not just that they stay at this very fancy hotel, but they're like, you know what? Let's just do it. And they jump off the boat, not worrying that their phones will get wet. Because who cares? They'll just buy another phone. Yeah. I don't Whereas, know. They're they're old. Maybe they're fun- they still have like flip phones. Yeah, and <laughs> they're going to like be. arrange for like, I guess, all of their stuff to be moved to them there rather than going home first. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll just uh, have it packed up and, and sent- they'll instantly buy a house in Bali. Yeah. I mean, he's like George Clooney's just going to get a job at like a beach bar. And you know what? He would be fucking incredible. He would be at great that. at that. Now, and, then, and they don't show. I don't. They don't show the moment when when Lily and Getty are like, "Wait, but we're about to have our honeymoon here. Why are your parents still yeah. sticking around?" That's part two. Ticket to Paradise two. I will say ticket <laughs> to Paradise. <laughs> ticket to yeah yeah number two. I do think it is the power of movie or stars. Or ticket to Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket to Paradise, and then it's and then it would be Ticket to Paradise three instead of the E. <laughs> ticket to Paradise the first one, <laughs> or the second one rather. Uh, sorry, Dan. Uh, no, I just I think it does show the power of movie stars that like this ending where they're like sort of like tentatively like holding hands to the boat and seeing like if they're ready to like like I found it moving, it's but great. It, oh, they're yeah. great. That's a it's great me. moment. For them. Yeah, but it's also like me like as a man who is now middle aged like. Tearing up at the idea of like 
new directions in your life, new starts, like all, all that, like having like a, a shot at, you know, like changing your life and like, it, not that I'm unhappy right now, but I've, I've been through life changes. Um, like I'm bringing a lot to that. That's the movie isn't bringing it's, it's like me plus like the pow, the star power and the rest of the film. Is Actually, like the time I, I just got a text from old, old Parker. He says, no, that was his plan all oh, along. Okay, you do, you're you're yeah. reading text, not something. Yeah. Dan, Dan, is this like the time when you saw your reflection in a snow-covered hill with a landslide coming down? <laughs> yeah, that's just exactly like that. No, but I mean, you know, it's, I, I mean, I felt genuinely moved and then they jumped off the boat and I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> They're going to do it this way? <laughs> oh, it broke the spell. It broke the spell. Well, 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 it's me, old Parker. I'm calling in now. Uh, uh, Dan, I didn't, I wanted to end the movie with them holding hands and then, of course, yeah. a big, the end. <laughs> like the old way we used to do it in the old ways, but they said they wanted them to jump off a boat and I said, <laughs> said well, it, you're the bosses. I'm just the director. I'm not in charge. The studio head's in charge <laughs> and he could blacklist me in a moment. So, uh, and say, by saying I'm a communist, so I'll just do what he says and keep my keep old, old, Parker old Parker making movies. Don't you have? I thought you insisted on final cut for this one. Oh uh, well, no, I insist on final cut for all the bananas that I eat. I want to <laughs> cut them inside the peel, but not too soon because they turn pretty brown. You don't want to eat a banana that's too rotten, you know. I wanted you know a freeze frame that said uh, David and whatever Julia Roberts character's name is will return. <laughs> In Ticket to Paradise. <laughs> in Ticket to Paradise 3. That's right. The sequel will be both the second and the third movie in the series. That's oh, man, part of the innovations real, we're trying real, to bring to this franchise. And um, then, of course, we do the fourth one, which is called Fork It to Paradise slash 56 <laughs> Days Later, which is 28 Days Later times two. And we'll finally combine these movies in the shared universe that they're in. Um, so, uh, Stuart, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the movie also ended with some bloopers. and uh, I turned it off immediately. <laughs> I wanted to say about the bloopers <laughs> that for a romantic comedy that is both light on the rom and the com, there are certain takes in the bloopers that I'm like, why Why was it? Like, that's a funnier take. Yes. Like, I, it's a the, usable, the, funnier take. Why didn't you use that? The bloopers really pointed towards a slightly funnier movie. <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like, it was like, I guess if you just... Let Clooney and Julia Roberts hang out. It would probably be yeah. a charming year. Well, that was like, like during the press tour, anytime the two of them would be seated in chairs next to each other, I'm like, I'll watch this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's give our final judgments about whether you should watch this. I mean, or not. Like even... Whatever we say, it doesn't have no effect. Uh, I'm glad but, you clarified that this is not a legally binding not, order. We will not show up at your home. <laughs> Dan's like, what's the point of it anyway? Ticket to yeah. Paradise. We just bang down their door. Why the fuck aren't you watching Ticket to Paradise right now? You have no uh, excuse. Final judgments. This is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie you kind of liked. I got to say, like, ultimately, I did kind of like it. Like, it's... It's the least a movie can be while still being kind of enjoyable. Like I, I, to pull back the curtain a bit, I am moving right now. So I was not paying the utmost attention at all points <laughs> to, to take it to paradise because I had other business that uh, will need to be attended to because tomorrow is literally moving day. Dan was busy uh, filling crates with straw and then, then nailing the, t the tops shut. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, if you are in a similar situation, this all of is the alien idols. <laughs> this is the ideal kind of movie to watch because yes. you will always know what is going on, and every once in a while you'll look over and you just see your your movie buddies, <laughs> George and Julia, hanging out <laughs> together. 
and it'll give you a smile. And you're so, like, I bet this vacation was super fun for them. Yeah, it's just a mild. I mildly liked it. I didn't have, I didn't. There's nothing. I didn't feel negatively towards the movie other than feeling like it was just sort of bland. What do you say, Stu? No, I'm on. I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Like it's, uh, it's a very pretty movie to look at. Uh, it is not. Uh, it's not going to challenge you in any way. Um, you don't have to think too hard about how you feel about the characters. Uh, there's not really any twists or, and or turns. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's basically like a bath of a movie. Um, so if you want to take a long bath and watch a movie, take it to paradise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's not a. I can't say it's a movie that I liked, but it also I feel similarly. It's it's a real it's a, it's a real comfort food, easy going. Sit down and just kind of let the movie take you through jungles to beaches type of movie. It's not, it's a, it's everything you guys said. And this was Australia was where this was shot? Uh, in Australia, yeah. Okay, time to book my trip. Hopefully mm-hmm. I'll run into George and Julia since they stuck around, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, they they stayed at the end. They jumped off that boat, yeah. Listeners, give so. me a list of uh, things I need to do when I go to where, uh, Queensland? Queensland, Australia. Queensland, yeah. Australia. The Queensland, yeah. Uh, well, I'll give you a list of something to do right now, and that's yeah. uh, microdose. You've probably heard about microdosing. <laughs> if not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. And our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, which deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Hey, you know by now that I am a user of this product. I find that it is relaxing, uh, a pleasant way to wind down. Uh, sometimes it boosts my creativity. I enjoy it for, uh, you know, when I want to relax without feeling so <laughs> blazed that I can't do anything else. <laughs> uh, if that sounds appealing to you, Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code Flop, that's F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP. Hey, uh, in addition to uh, Microdose Gummies, the show is also sponsored by Squarespace. That's right. Squarespace is the (laughs) all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website. Engage with your audience and sell Anything, Anything? products, content you create, (laughs) and even your time. The most valuable (laughs) resource of all. Yep. So, uh, renewable. Squarespace will let you display posts from your social media profiles onto your website. Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated SEO features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. So why don't you head to squarespace.com slash flop for that free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code flop to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, we've also got a couple of Jumbotrons. Jumbotron. Yeah. Thank you. The first is a promotional Jumbotron that comes to us courtesy of Jason Schuppert. 
I think I pronounced his name correctly. And it reads like this. Billy Crudup, Keith Gordon, Ray Liotta, Rada Mitchell. These are just some of the actors to receive the deep dive treatment, starting with their first film from Jason and Jules and their podcast, We Doing Filmographies. Who's next? <laughs> You'll have to tune in every Saturday to find out. So subscribe and listen to We Doing Filmographies everywhere you get your podcast on. And be our friend on all the socials, parentheses, we're lonely. Oh yeah. Go, go help them out. And I then like we've that got a, title. <laughs> yeah. We Doing Filmographies. And we also have a personal Jumbotron. This is for Cass, and it's from Jeff and Jen. And it says, wishing a wonderful 19th birthday to our son, Cass. We miss the days when you were home with us watching The Uninvited or listening to The Peaches, but we are glad you are living your best life at college. Best of luck in your computer science and Russian cinema classes. We hope you find time to found that bad movie club, and we love you. Oh, that's so sweet. Wow, it sounds like Cass uh, takes yeah. after our uh, approach to college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being super cool. <laughs> that was our approach. <laughs> yep. I majored in yeah. cool. With Max Fun Drive in the books, we'd like to welcome our new members and say thanks to everyone who's supported us over the years. Welcome. Thanks. And now, on to the sticker sale. A lot of this year's drive gifts and live streams focused on food. We love how food can bring communities together, but not everyone has access to the food they need. So we'll split the proceeds from our sticker sale among five U.S. food banks in areas disproportionately affected by poverty. The sale ends Friday, April 14th. Members at the $10 monthly level and above can purchase any stickers they'd like. There's also a special Max Fun sticker featuring Nutsy the Squirrel that all members can purchase. For more info, head to MaximumFun.org slash sticker sale. And thanks again for your support. A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, My precious child, I was in my car, listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast, and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, now let us move on to letters... From listeners. And the first letter is from Brian, last name withheld, who writes Blessed. Hiya, floppers. <laughs> oh, wow, Brian. Brian, blessed. blessed. Then you got to read it in the cool voice. Yeah, you got to yell it. Got to yell it. The recent discussion. Sorry. <laughs> Dan, 100, 100% for trying. A for effort. <laughs> I'm glad you stopped before you blew out your throat trying to the, talk like Brian Blessed. The recent discussion of the podcast repeated. Discussions of a goofy movie made me think of a scene. I was just talking about this the other day. I still haven't seen that shit. Made, it, made me think of a scene from the film that always sticks out to my mind. Max and his dad, Goofy, are playing 20 questions in the car. Goofy says, man or woman. Max sighs and says, man. To which Goofy immediately and correctly guesses Walt Disney. This is akin to playing guess who with your dad and his car has the true unknowable name of God on it. <laughs> It truly brings up some <laughs> horrifying implications. My question is, do you have any favorite or least favorite instances of breaking the fourth wall? Also, Stu, you should watch a Goofy movie. <laughs> Keep it, boys. Brian, last oh, name with man, hell. he's in the room. Gotcha. 
Um, uh, one, yeah, one of my bartenders yesterday was so angry that I had not seen a goofy movie, and she was just <laughs> quoting lines from the movie, which was funny because I'm like, I couldn't tell if this was real or made up because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It was either a very impressive improv or it was just, uh, it was actual recollection. I mean, I want fans of the, listeners of the show, please let us know, do you want us to do an episode on the Goofy movie at this point? Is it just time (laughs) for us to, I know you guys like it. It's a a real touchstone for the generation that's like, what, 10 years younger than us? But Uh uh, what's, yeah, Goofy movie, should we do it? Let us know. Okay, so uh, least favorite, bring the fourth wall, all of Deadpool. Okay, Dan, what about you? Oh, do you have a most favorite, or are you just choosing to do least favorite? I was That's, just starting. One's I, was, fine. I figured we were just. This was like a like a jam session where we were just gonna like. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say that one <laughs> yeah. one breaking of the fourth wall that I like is I remember there's one point in Trading Places where the brothers are being very condescending to Eddie Murphy, and he just like like the one example of breaking the fourth wall in the entire movie is him making a face to the audience uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it's all the more powerful just this like <laughs> this other lies entirely traditional narrative film uh Elliot what do you got oh I got I a mean, favorite I uh oh, I like yeah. uh I like the bit in uh in the funny games uh remake where <laughs> where uh something good seems to happen and they're like nope <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Throw it in your face <laughs> They're like, fuck you. <laughs> you wanted a good thing to happen? <laughs> Forget uh, it. Uh, uh, Panicky uh, uh, don't play that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have a lot of favorite fourth wall memories, to be honest. I feel like uh, that's one of the reasons that Gremlins 2 was such a like pivotal movie for me growing up was that it kept pushing the the boundaries of what it could do as a movie that exists. And then finally, when the Gremlins break the film and are just like in the theater with you making shadow puppets and enraging Usher Paul Bartell to the point that he goes and gets Hulk Hogan to scare them away like that. And that's something that, uh, and then when the movie was on, I do video, like that Hulk Hogan waited until the Usher got him to yes, get involved. He was, yeah. enjoying, he was curious whether that was the show or not. And that when they released the movie on video, they redid that segment to have it be them changing channels while you're watching the film. That was something that really blew my mind as a kid, which I still love. That's a fourth wall breaking moment. I, right? I just remembered one that I like even more that uh, in the Muppet movie, where they meet the electric mayhem and they start explaining what happened, like their story. And they read the and, screenplay. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, like we can't do that. We can't explain what's happened so far. It'll bore the audience. Just have them read the screenplay. <laughs> Actually, I have another favorite one. It's in the game Metal Gear Solid when Psycho Manus starts reading the contents of your memory card and he's like, you like Castlevania, don't you? And I'm like, I did play Castlevania. This guy <laughs> is psychic. Wow. Uh, the uh, Another one. Guys, another video games are the new movies. Get on board mm-hmm. or... <laughs> TV is the new the novels, video game is the new movies, and mime is the new pop song, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the another one is, uh, this is a movie that has not aged as well for me as Gremlins 2, but the scene in Spaceballs where they need to find the heroes so they get the video of Spaceballs, and, <laughs> and they're watching it, and they go through the part where, where Dark Helmet gets hurt, and he goes, erase that part. <laughs> Never watch that part again. Like the, that, yeah, that was a joke that funny. I always really liked. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, the second and final letter is from Eve, spelled in the French manner, with a Y-V-E-S. Last name withheld, writes... Like Saint Laurent? Favorite Warhammer movie. Hello, Peaches. My (laughs) My friends and I like to watch movies that share themes or plot points with Warhammer while we paint our miniatures. A good guiding principle is if the movie could be described as... Quote, grim dark. 
a term coined in an early Warhammer rulebook describing how, quote, in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. Uh-huh, yeah. I love any time. And hammers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love any time that Stuart has an excuse to talk hammy. So I figured I would write in to ask each of your favorite movies <laughs> that share themes with Warhammer. A few examples of movies we have watched recently are Event Horizon, The Name of the Rose, and Mad God. Anyway, I hope that makes it clear enough. And if it's if not, I'm sure Stuart can point you in the right direction. Love you guys, Eve. I'm gonna let Stuart point me in the right direction. Yeah, yeah Stuart, I mean, point there's us some, in the right there's direction. There's some obvious ones like uh, like Dread or mm. uh, Starship Troopers or let's see. Would you say would Mandy fall under that category or no? Maybe maybe a little. That's a little. Uh, I mean, that's I feel like that's a little more psychological than Warhammer stuff generally. Oh, maybe. But okay. maybe I think there's a little bit there. Um, <clears throat> man, that's tough. Uh, I feel like a lot of like a lot of sci-fi movies kind of air on the side of like grim dark and I'm probably fucking forgetting a bunch of good ones. Um Valhalla Rising is a good one. Uh that kind of shit. What about like, like Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah, maybe. It's again Does you need to be more mnemonic? That's a little more <laughs> that's a little more cyberpunky. But yeah, I could see All that right. as like depending on like if you're painting some stuff that's like from like uh like a Necromunda gang or an inquisitorial retinue. <laughs> okay. Go on, Dan. Yeah. Perfect sense. To uh, me. Or the movie Dragon Slayer, you know, that kind of shit. Oh, Dragon Slayer. A favorite from my childhood. Great, great effects. Yeah. Great special effects. Yeah. Classic sure, sure, ILM yeah. stuff. Um, let's or like a, to, you know, the movie Conquest, oh. the fantasy movie, Italian fantasy movie? I don't know that one. Oh, okay. That's, it's a Lucio Fulci fantasy movie. Mm, I bet that's that would probably why I don't that, know. That it. What are they conquesting? The Planet of the Apes? Uh, no, just a just a fantasy world. <laughs> okay, that's you're thinking of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, a you're grimdark saying, story. <laughs> so saying, it's not like a movie saying, based on the villain from the Invincible comic book that like rips the main character's spine out or something. Hmm. No, I don't think so. That's a violent comic book, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, I don't know why you're mad at me. <laughs> well, I didn't yeah, make it. I don't. I'm just saying. Argue it's about violent. it. Let's I mean, all I have my friends. own. I have my own violent comics, but you know. Hmm. Um, let's move on to <laughs> recommendations of letter of letters of letters we've loved and lost. Your uh, your violent <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> let's, let's let's look at the letters that we unfortunately lost this year <laughs> in memoriam. <laughs> the letter E. Um, <laughs> That's an important letter. That would be a big thing if that letter that died. Yeah. One of the. It's very personal to me. I use that yeah. letter every day. And will the mainstream media cover his death? No. Nope. Well, not the way. Not how it happened, anyway. It stands for entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if there's an exclamation point afterwards, and it's on a mic cube at a red carpet <laughs> premiere. Only if, only if Charles is in front of it and cheese is behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the restaurant is called Charles E. Cheese? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what Entourage is all about. <laughs> so. Sorry, <laughs> let's recommend movies. Movies that we've seen and liked. Like I said, oh movies! Uh, I've right. been movies busy with a lot of movie. Uh, uh, you've been pre- you've been too busy with moving for movies. Moving. Sorry, I, Jesus, I my don't brain think that's is I'm sure Dan has seen uh, ten more movies than LA. We, we recorded yes. two in a row, and I'm in the middle of moving. My brain is move, Dan's moving. Dan's like I've I'm moving busy. right now, so I was only able to go to the theaters twice every day. We had Max. <laughs> we had Max Fun Drive moving. I got sick. Uh, what else? Sick and not watching movies. for the live show. Like a lot of stuff <laughs> was going on. But we did actually go out to the theater 
Uh, Audrey was kind enough to see that I needed a break and being like, why don't we, why don't we go see uh, John Wick 4? She's and like, so let's just go John see Wick a four-hour movie? <laughs> well, we saw it at like nine in the night. We were not going to be doing anything else at that point. Uh, so, yeah, we went and saw John Wick 4. No big surprise. Everyone's already said it's good. It's not <laughs> – I'm not <laughs> recommending some so, – Yeah, what's your hot take on John Wick 4? Some Dan? sleeper. Uh, my hot take is – Hey, look, if you put care into stunt work and you don't chop it all up and you shoot mm-hmm. it real nice, it's a good movie. <laughs> Dan, I, I've, I'm, I'm going to see it in a couple of days, but uh, can you, can you like, break it to me? Is, how is Scott Adkins in a fat suit? Amazing. <laughs> okay. Amazing. I really think that like, John Wick 4 like, feels kind of like the Fury Road of like shoot 'em up movies. Oh, high praise. Like, okay. like it has the shoot same well, sort the of. Is one of the greatest movies ever made. So that's very yeah. high praise. I mean, it's not quite to that level, but it has the same sort of like consistent relentlessness and meticulous attention to like the action and just like beautiful looking. It's it, it's very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that also received a fair amount of accolades, at least when it was first released. Um, but I rewatched it, and it also features one of the leads of this movie. I'm going to recommend uh, the movie Michael Clayton, starring George Clooney, and also featuring a number of great performances. Sidney Pollock is great in it, and also my girl Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. She's so Your good favorite. in like super normcore t- Tilda Swinton. It's amazing. <laughs> it's uh, it's ama- it, like to see her playing that. Yeah, that normcore character, and to be doing it so like powerfully, it's a, it's such she's, a. It, she's so good. I'll just think yeah. about it sometimes. That performance, and I'm like, what an amazing performance that was. And yeah. and Clooney, watching that movie, I was also like, how old was Clooney here? Uh, and he's not much older than I Timeless. am. Timeless. And uh, there's something about it, like I'm a sucker for movies where you have a protagonist who is very skilled at something, but also very bad at other things. <laughs> like yeah. somebody who is so good Spider-Man. at- Well, Spider-Man or like, uh, I mean, the one I always lean into is like Jack Aubrey from the Master and Commander books. Like mm-hmm. somebody who is very talented at one specific area of their life, but a lot of the rest of their life, they're a total fuck up. Um, and George Clooney's character, Michael Clayton, is a little bit like that. Like he is a he is a lawyer. He is very powerful, but also that power is controlled within the firm he's in, and his personal life is kind of a mess. And he is brought in to fix an issue within his firm. Uh, that problem being Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's a movie that like watching it again, I'm like, this is an adult movie. This is like this is like a movie for grown-ups. Um, because it's not like it's not particularly flashy. You have to pay attention. There's a lot of little nuance and details. Uh, and the performances are incredible. Uh, and it just I think it just dropped on HBO Max. So go check out Michael Clayton. Yeah, that's another great movie. I'm gonna recommend a kind of and, lesser and it was directed by the guy who wrote the screenplay for The Cutting Edge. <laughs> Interesting. The Cutting Edge is a movie that uh had a big impression on me when I saw it in the theaters as a kid because it was the first time I had ever seen a movie with a with a non-conclusive ending. Oh. Where it was left up to you, the audience, to decide whether or not they were going to win this this uh, medal or competition or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to recommend a movie that's a little bit of a smaller movie. This is a movie from 1989. It's an independent film called Chameleon Street, written by, directed by, and starring Wendell B. Harris Jr. And it is based on the true story of a con artist from Detroit who— in a, it's similar in some ways to a harder-edged Catch Me If You Can, 
He was a con artist who would he pretended to be a doctor for some time, for a certain amount of time. He pretended to be, um, I think, a lawyer at one point. Uh, he faked a kidnapping uh, to try to get some ransom money, or faked a extortion, not kidnapping, faked an, uh, a blackmail type scenario. And basically, the movie is presenting, and he was also black. And the movie is presenting this character as someone who is finding that it is easier for him to take on fake roles and fool the white world around him into thinking he's something he's not than it is for him to succeed through the normal channels. But some of that might be because he is afraid of admitting he might fail if that happens. And so uh, it's a really, uh, like, I felt like thorough portrait of this very out-of-the-ordinary character, but it's also a pretty funny movie. By the end of the movie, it starts getting uh, a little disturbing because the character is kind of pushing what he's capable of doing in terms of fooling people. But uh, at times it's really funny, and Wendell B. Harris, who made the whole movie and starred in it, is super charismatic and fun to watch. So that's what I'm recommending, Chameleon Street. Sorry, I just have to jump back a second to Stuart. Uh-huh. To Stuart and— uh, He's check, checking, well, my, checking my receipts. Well, I confirmed that by the writer of The Cutting Edge— <laughs> Stuart was talking about who I thought he was talking about, Tony Gilroy, who uh-huh. oh. more more notably right now is known for being the person yeah. behind Andor, let's say, like uh, right in the zeitgeist, but many, many other major pictures. And did, wasn't not, he also, not did, wasn't he also the, the man behind— Edge, we, which is a, a wonderful film, but it's a funny way to refer to him. And I think—and didn't he also write—oh, no, it's Dan Gilroy who wrote Real Steel. Never mind. That was Dan Gilroy, his brother. Uh, um, I, there's no reason so, you can't say I'm the but, writer, say the man but behind I'm the cutting still edge. Correct? <laughs> no, you are. Look, I love the cutting edge. I have a lot of affection for the cutting edge. It's just a funny way of referring to him. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like so when, when people say the cutting edge. People talk about when people talk about uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, and I go, "Oh yeah, the director of Boxcar Bertha." Everyone knows what I'm talking well, about. It's like how. Uh, Audrey had like cable for a very specific part of her childhood. And so when she hears Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, she doesn't think white men can't jump. It's all Money Train, money train. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she made you watch Money Train, right? Yeah. That is a confusing movie. That's oh, a movie okay. that does not know what it's about. Yeah. It has like three I mean, plots it, and they all, I like one kind of like wraps up 30 minutes before the end of the movie. And you're like, huh, I thought that was going to be a bigger thing. Like, but there's a train full of money, right? There is a money train. So okay, on that level, good. it's technically, technically correct. Yeah, the best kind of correct. Um, <laughs> as Hermes Con, no, it's the other guy, the the uh, head uh, bureaucrat in Futurama says. Anyway, um, hey, this was fun, <laughs> but now yeah, it's done. I had a good time. So <laughs> in a way, it was a lesson that all things are transitory. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. You really did achieve enlightenment recently. Yeah. Life get, can't just be peaks. It, there must be valleys. Yeah, ups mm-hmm. and downs. You know, um, Hidden valleys and Hidden Valley ranches. <laughs> one, of the, one of the ups is going to be coming up pretty soon here on the 22nd when we debut the stream from our live show, which you should totally tune in. It's our first time. It's going to look super yeah. professional. You're going to be blown away. You're like, who are these movie stars? Those movie stars are us, just regular Joe Schmoes. Yeah. It's I mean, not I'm Georgia not a Joe Clooney Schmo. and Juliano Roberts. It's yep. us, yeah. I'm honestly really excited for this presentation that I put together for this one. I hope that <laughs> I hope that I'm not, you know, now uh, talking it up excited, and then it will yeah. turn out that by the time we <laughs> well, recorded this, we, it, it, it was a big failure, but I'm really excited about it. <laughs> 
You said it's about magic, so I can only assume yeah. it's about like your hunt for a fucking uh, like a white lotus or some other like Lord of the Pit or some other rare Magic <laughs> the Gathering mm-hmm. card. Yeah, exactly. Something something he really needs that's really rare. But then he just ended up with what a prodigal sorcerer. It's like all right, yeah. Okay. yeah. Who cares? Yeah, ding him for one hat point. Sure. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Might as well just get a land for that. <laughs> yeah. But that's the flop house, April twenty second. Do you want tickets for it? Do you want a chance to get a VIP ticket where you get to talk to us directly? Then go to flophousepodcast.com slash stream. Flophousepodcast.com slash stream. Tickets are available now. And during the show, you get a chance to get some of the exclusive merchandise. Some of my maybe my favorite merchandise we've ever seen done for the Flophouse. This is gonna be a real professional show. And then yeah, watch the video is just a total crap show of us uh-huh. falling and over and things like that. As long as we're talking about stuff in the future, uh, unless something <laughs> dramatic happens and we have to change plans, uh, the next episode will also be a rom com and we'll have Hallie Hagland back on. What? Everyone's favorite, my my certainly my wife's favorite member of the Flophouse family. Don't Hallie worry, will as return. we were recording, I received an email in which she was trying to make plans for that day with me and some other people, and I reminded her, no, no, you have plans for that day already. Oh, okay. So. Don't worry, she'll be there. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, this has been great. Uh, for the Flophouse, well, I'll thank Alex Smith, I guess, before yeah. I say for the Flophouse. I'll thank uh-huh. our producer, editor, sound guy. He writes music for us sometimes. He's really mm-hmm. quite a talented man, Alex Smith. Yeah. You can find him on the socials at Howell Doughty. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun, our network. Go to MaximumFun.org for other great shows. Uh, but for the Flophouse, I have been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Tickets to Paradise, Wellington. Oh. I'm Ellie Kalen saying again, go to flophousepodcast.com slash stream and also saying thank you to everybody who pledged to support us during Max Fun Drive. We really appreciate it. It is incredibly important to us and just makes us feel good in many ways. Not the least is that now we can pay our bills too. That's a good way to feel good. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody. I've been Elliot K. Lynn of the Flophouse. Bye. <laughs> You don't. You want cool people to like you. I get it. Yeah, that's, it's a basic human need. It goes back to the caveman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and one caveman with sunglasses. <laughs> when he invent, that was the first invention before fire in the wheel was sunglasses. He goes, "Hmm, Og's future so bright. Og needs shades." Wow, Gary Larson's like, I can't believe these dickheads are stealing my bits. <laughs> hey, he gave it up. He walked away from the game, man. <laughs> yeah, we want Left money make on the a- table cartoon about a cow that's our prerogative <laughs> mm-hmm. i will say maybe it's because i i read them so many times that i remember all of them and the surprise is gone but i was doing some some joke writing research and i was like i'd love to get some farside stuff in here and i'm rereading farside comics and i'm like these are not quite as funny to me as they once were and i wonder why that is maybe it's just because that kind of off-kilter thing is so so prevalent now i don't know Maybe Gary Larson just needs the right project pitch to him. Like maybe I feel like you'd be a great penciler for like a Punisher book. <laughs> I would love to see. I mean, Evan Dorkin did a Predator series at one point. I mean, that it's, yeah, you know, that's he's he's great. We're talking talented see, artists here. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Gary Larson do, do a Punisher book. Yeah, yeah. The Punisher is just constantly blowing away women with beehive hairdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.